thing i didn't ask all right and you did <laughs> shut up you presented the question I'm, I'm, we're, we're recording you see see microphones be dangerous you just be showing out i didn't give a fuck and then but and then it's off hey love uh, how, how you feel i don't get none of that i get salt the mic is on i do first of all i am just i am 10 percent the- tired of that 10 <laughs> percent First of all, I am just as sweet on this microphone as I am off of this microphone. Yeah. For everyone else, I can get all the smoke in the flag, Jack. Hey, who? Um, <clears throat> welcome back to another episode of the Black Coffee Comics Podcast. It is I, your host, Ty Black and Culture. And your other host, Space Lloyd 8. Let's not dilly dally. Let's just go ahead and attack. Let's just. Let's just get right on into these your digs and y'all meanery, shall we? <laughs> no, I don't want you to say it. It's my, it's my, I do, I do the thingy. You're <laughs> <laughs> not going to take that from me. That's my thingy. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Anywho, let's go ahead and get right into these comics on the coffee table. Today we're reviewing Chicken Devil and Silver Coin. Today we're talking about Chicken Devil. Don't make it so easy to annoy you. This is fun. <laughs> we're talking about Chicken Devil, written by Ch- Brian Book Bush Bush. Oh, no, no, shut up! Hold on, I want to get it. Brian. Brian. Oh, baka baka baka. Brian Bushiello. Bus the Bus Bushiello. You said Bushiello. What? <laughs> I'm gonna get there. You give me ten seconds. Uh, hold, please, audience, while I say this name. Um, sound it out. I think uh, Buccellato is where I'm gonna land. Buccellato is fine. It's not Buccellato. Where do you see an H in there? Two C's. It's a C-H. All right. Anywho, Brian Buccellato and art by Hayden Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> published by Aftershock Comics. You <laughs> I'm so sorry. With the Okufa from Wakanda and Dave. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, y'all. Just... I'm sorry for her. <laughs> Shut up. I... Next Anywho, time I'm reading. Chicken Devil. Um, just we're gonna go straight into the overview. Let's get into it. So, Chicken Devil follows an amazingly ordinary man named uh, Mitchell Moss and his very ordinary family, where he has a wife, Denise, daughter Hannah, Christian, um, and his mom, who is in jail, Gloria. But we're not talking about her. And Mitchell and his business partner Antonio run. A chicken company called is hot chicken. Hot chicken. Yep. It's uh, it's 
It's um, it's hot chicken, I believe. It's not just hot chicken. It's it's hot chicken. I bet two pennies is hot chicken. It's Mitch's hot chicken. Oh, and Mitch, where Mitch and Antonio run the amazing restaurant in Los Angeles called Mitch's Hot Chicken. Um, and for the most part, that's really all it is. Ah, what you thought? Uh, Mitch, who has been running this business pretty clean, hasn't had an issue, is really happy in life. I wouldn't say like ecstatically happy, but you know, he's living his life to the best of his ability. He yeah. likes his kids. Like, it's not like he hates his wife or anything. He's just living. Like, nothing more, nothing less. However, his greedy friend Antonio was like, ah, what's living without causing problems? And his friend decides that he wants to get involved with the, uh, no, no particular organization, but just a criminal organization that peddles, you know, that, that booga snooga that, uh, <laughs> yes, I said Booga Snuggle. I'm going to let you do these terms because they're going to they gonna hear, if you heard from the last episode, what I said. And I want y'all to comment on, on YouTube and on Spotify who says it better. Is it Booga Snuggle or is it that Booga Sugar Boogaloo got down? But, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go off, sis. Yeah. I've never disliked someone so much in a moment. <laughs> you make me hate everything. <laughs> Sorry. Anywho, but of course, uh, the the organization they peddle a lot of things like heroin, specifically heroin. But uh, there's in, there's some implication that they do peddle some other things. And basically, one day, while you know Mitchell was just going to go in check the inventory, a fire went off in his overflow stock. And to Michael's grave disdain, he finds out that the fire that went off blew up product that was being ran through Mitchell's Hot Chicken's overflow stock, which then starts this amazingly scary, terrible, horrifying, hilarious story of Mitchell becoming this, turning from this random, regular, schmegular, I run a chicken business franchise job guy to Mitchell, this badass, amazing, shoot him up chicken guy. Um, that is the story. Yes. Yeah. It, it all revolves a guy, around a guy Are who... Are you going to re-explain the story? No. Don't do I'm that. I'm agreeing with you. I was going to say, don't... You do that sometimes. I do? You re-explain my explanation and it hurts my feelings. I'm fansplaining because I'm a fan of the show. You know? The, it's the, not a show. It's I'll, a comic book. I'll tell you why I say it's a fan of the show. You know, just like last week, it, I, I want to call it a good derivative comic derivative comic i call it a good derivative comic what are you talking about last it's week? one because last week when we talked about deadly class it it showed so many parallels to another series that had already developed a, a cult following so something that is killing the children but then there's a stark contrast between that and deadly class so we talked about deadly class but for chicken devil right off the bat you'll be like damn Breaking Bad? Where? It, it starts kind of leaving that. Except there are a lot of differences. And it does set itself apart. This guy's down on his luck. He's not the mastermind. This dude was not happy but satisfied. And he was dealt an exciting hand that he did not ask for clearly. Um, but we'll, we'll dissect it bit by bit. 
little little piece by piece, starting with the art, like we normally do. Yeah. Um. So let's what get in. Darn? Let's get into Chicken Devil's art again. Chicken Devil was written by Brian Buccilla. You you gonna fail it twice? <laughs> um, Brian B and Hayden Sherman, uh, with the colorist Lee Low. Yo, who who's naming these people? I think that's Leah Luffridge. Leah, where do you see Luff? Where do think you see rough, L rough, Luff. Luffridge. Okay, Lee Luffridge, Hassan Atsme Elaho. That that was good though. That I did that well. Atsme and Elhow. That's not. Why would it be Elhow? H A O U How. Elhow. And they have an editor. And Mike Martz. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. I, I don't know why these names are kicking my ass huh, today. They are gloriously kicking your <laughs> they butt. They are not me. These names are struggling. But thank you to the whole team who made Chicken Devil because <sighs> y'all are amazing. Oh, uh, my goodness. Starting off with the art for Chicken Devil, I really liked it. It's... It is Los Angeles vibrant. That is all. That is what I'll start off with. It is just as vibrant and beautiful as like your favorite cocktail drink. It's eye catching. It's 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 really shocking. Like you can see the pages from across the room. The the choice of colors and the choice of like what is used in this comic <coughs> is so good. It is. It's so good. There's so much good, like, sharp contrast on each of the pages. The color choices are super vibrant. Mm -hmm. um, and the the illustration, top-notch. Color choices, executing. You know, the one with the simple name had the heavier job, you know what I mean? So, kudos to you, Sherman. Yes. Miss Mrs. Sherman. I appreciate that. I think that one thing I really liked about Chicken Devil, the art kind of gave me... I'm trying to think of what the what another comic that does like similar art to this like it's it's like realism but not quite realism as far as art goes i think it's realistic enough to highlight the gore yes absolutely realistic enough for but gore. also the gore is kind of cartoony because there's just these moments that like you couldn't do outside of the medium of art in the pages yeah that's what i'm saying like the 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 softer they're not all hard lines it's not yeah. very clear shading like Definitely if there's an explosion sketchy kind of yep. watercolory mixed yeah. mediumy yeah like like it's, feels to it i would almost call the 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 color choices and the and the soft lines to highlight the colors i i'd almost consider it splatter ready it definitely gives me ice ice cream man type vibes like i, I could see that like not the not the coloring and how it was how how the colorist and the how the colorist chose to color it or how the artist the pen did, did decide to do pencil and inks it's specific well actually no it is not how the color shows the color it is specifically how the artist decided to do pencil and inks because the lines are super clean but the faces kind of have like that mm -hmm. simplistic realism to it yeah it's very similar to how ice cream man kind of like executes their their people uh -huh. so i really like that about it which if you haven't read ice cream man we reviewed it back in like episode like one two or three i think of, it was three like episode 
early episode of the podcast. I, I say that like this isn't still, <laughs> we're not even at episode 10 yet, but definitely an older episode from us um, if you are interested in Ice Cream Man. But um, this one here is a, is a pretty solid one, color-wise and artwork, and then kind of a small transition. Talking about the page flow. Mm, yes. Um, the, the, the pages are structured so freely, right? Like it's easy to follow, but no two pages are the same. If yeah. somebody's supposed to be zooming in, you literally have like a little circle peephole to zoom in on one person's face. Yes. You have things like, oh, if it's important, then you have a subcircle. But they'll, but, uh, but for the, um, what Mr. L. Howe, does with the lettering for the onomatopoeia is is clever yes so you have different sound effects they don't always say pow yeah they don't always say thak they actually get creative and choose a different color so it's not like oh somebody said pow it, it actually goes red like if it's a bloody one oh damn he got hit hard so they even played with the art of lettering it's really, they also, really good uh, job of using perception and using different angles. There's an angle that's kind of like a top-down mm-hmm. angle. Um, also the paneling, I gotta say, you know, in a lot of comics, uh, just as a rule of thumb, most comic comic creators, when you're creating a comic, they'll say, don't, don't try to fit more than like five panels on a page. Once you hit that five, maybe six panel range your panels start to get too crowded and it's hard for you to get your story narrative across uh, across to the reader however uh chicken devil does this amazing job with its panels it has some more traditional paneling you know in the but nothing the paneling is so unique here like there's there are some panels where it's got bubbles in the middle like the panels circle off to kind of highlight different things that are going on there are panels where they're overlapped and kind of like layered almost as if you're like in photoshop and you're putting things on top of itself there are tons of panels with like <coughs> unique dynamic jumping outs to kind of emphasize like the craziness of it like i just i really really enjoy the paneling there's this one paneling that's just totally pop art it's basically just pop art and i think that's really uh, a really important thing when you're talking about setting your comic apart from everybody else that's making comics here there's millions of comics but taking is not just about the art it's not just about the story if you can really stand out by something else which in this case the, the paneling and just mentioning it's just i like there are these moments where like it's like uh on one of the pages is it's t- telling you it's the California Women's Correctional Facility, and it has a little little arrow that draws it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it says Gloria Mitchell's Mitchell's mama, and then you know little thing there. Yeah, if something is important, they have no problem just saying pointing hey, to it and it saying is. it. It's like, hey, this is heroin. Hey, <laughs> right. this is like if somebody is important, they. The, they put the name of a person so it's so like so now you don't have to think about it you and don't... they don't have to go they don't have to take themselves out of well detective murphy even though they already knew each other's names for like five or six years well detective murphy hey detective jefferson no it's just this. this is murphy and this is, well by the way the two investigators are mick conway and naomi taylor um that are that are following along trying to find um 
the stuff that's happening around Mitchell Moss, who's the main person. Absolutely. Last little bit of art I just want to put in there. There at the beginning, at the end of issue one, there is this, there's this iconic scene where someone dies. Um, and it's just well executed. It's amazing. Um, you'll love it. Just everything from the cover art to the panels to how everything is just executed they just do this is a good job it's just it's some of the best art i think out of all the comics that we've read so far Ch it chicken devil and and i, I say this honestly because i thought search for sadika and tuskegee airs had some of the best art in in comics that we've read up until this point agreed i, I can agree with that i mean the only other one I could think that possibly made me go, whew, were the two web comics. One was Laura Olympus and the other one was the end of you. Those are the comics. I'm just like, man, this art yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, but, but like, they're in different mediums, though. It's specifically webtoons. Yeah. They utilized it. Yes, definitely different mediums. But, like, we're talking about art that stopped me. Mm. But, like, I thought Search for Sadika, Tuskegee Ears had probably the pinnacle, the top tier, you know, the best art I'd seen in a while and chicken devil definitely came up and is like neck and neck with that now like i really love chicken devil's art it does an amazing job in uh of executing that uh but moving on into the story um yeah lloyd you want to take it away yeah so as far as what are we doing story work yeah i just said story are you I'm paying just attention messing. i'm messing with you oh golly i was waiting for I'm you to sensitive. talk about the story i'm sensitive so for the story um you which is why i call it a derivative comic you see from the very beginning which i found was very cheeky it was very cheeky by brian bucciolato that you don't know that that's his name it you got a better you got a better pronunciation um yes i do have a better <laughs> anyway about him <laughs> um i thought it was very clever that they started off with the premise that's like, oh, this is heroin. Uh, oh, he runs a chicken shop. Oh, he's kind of he's kind of complacent with his life. He's fallen into the humdrum. Oh, unfortunate. What does that make you? What does that remind you of? I, I'm not asking you because you haven't seen it. But for those of you that have, it's Breaking Bad. But they immediately say, um, like within the first within the first issue. They're like, oh, what do you think you, what do you think this is? But yeah, he says, yeah, a real, uh, you're, you're smuggling drugs in the buckets. And the henchman is like, that was my idea and genius, right? Yeah. A real original idea when they did it in Breaking Bad. So it's like, God damn, you know what reference it looks like. So where do you go from here? So they named it. Oh, that's my hand. <laughs> it is your hand over here doing a hand puppet. I can't believe you. Can't believe you. So they immediately face it, and then from there on, they they expand the difference. This guy did not make heroin. He was cool. He was actually a regular dude. But his partner was stupid enough to be greedy and made a deal without him. Certainly did. And then now he's paying literally for everyone else's fuck up. And writing-wise, they had a huge task in, in issues two and three. To be able to say, okay, you called it break, you said it's not Breaking Bad. You actually literally said it in your comic. Now show me how you're different. And they got right back into the story. 
and had their own fight scenes, had their own... Really good de-evolution of a character. Yeah, a, a very gradual and consistent breakdown. They even had, you know, the investigators without harping on them. It was like the, they, they really took their time adding and removing stuff off the chopping board so it was efficient. And the first three issues, I gotta pick up the other ones because it's good. I want to see where the rest of it goes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's for me to have just picked this up off of this. This was this was a Lloyd pick, by the way. This was not typically. I'll I'll suggest the comics that we review, but these are all straight off of straight off of his shelf. Straight off the shelf, got now. Off of his shelf. For me to have picked it up, I I, I don't think I've fallen in love with the comic so quickly. I'm very interested. To see where this comic goes and i i think for me some of my favorite elements of the story are it's really ingenious use of pop culture references yeah not every a lot of comics try to throw in pop culture references a lot of comics don't do it well a lot mm-hmm. of comics just end up oversaturating their work by trying to reference other works and it just gets messy i'm looking at you ready player one um but <laughs> overall i think it does a really good job of not making the pop culture references feel like another piece of literature but making the characters feel like they live in the world and and the pop culture is living around them so like they use the opening song from friends you know i'll be there for you mm-hmm. to <laughs> and when the investigators come to come and talk to mitchell and it's hilarious because he's trying to like hide away from them and he accidentally turns on the radio yeah and the whole opening plays and it's just also the opening like the words and the lyrics kind of play oh, into that was his ringtone yes it, yeah. it was his ringtone it kind of plays into like his situation like it was very funny also he sings a song at the yeah. end like there's just very good use of 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 using those pop culture references to further drive the story and make the character look feel real feel grounded and not just like oh you know they live in an alternate universe where youtube is actually viewtube or some shit yep they were like no you know this world it's modern times it's modern eagle rock california i said it was in los angeles well yes that's only like that's his suburb is eagle oh is eagle rock but los angeles is where all the shit pops up um but to to not shy away from it and be like i can make this funny end of each issue end after end it keeps paying off and like what cliffhangers are good yeah cliffhangers are good all time and tasteful but i also will say mike martz you're editing bees knees but editors don't get enough credit editors don't they don't editors don't get enough credit and we can tell the difference for some of the the comics that we've seen where an editor was absent it was fuck it i made this this is good enough you don't have the second set of eyes to say hey does this flow does this can you shore this up in a panel or two like that is a heavy task it is a it's a most i think honestly in 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 the time that we've spent reviewing comics so critically i think that i've found a new appreciation for the editor in comics and you but also it's a it's kind of a it's it's the plus and minuses of how you put out your comics if you put out an independent comic and you're you know under an indie brand you know somebody you know the the chances of you a a for lack of a better term a nobody getting your comic to be produced by someone by one of these big companies like boom or image or in this case uh aftershock comics can be very difficult 
you know it's hard to, it, it's hard to get your comic up there and depending on what that publisher is requesting it you know who knows what they're asking of you in order to get your comic out there but you know the good part is about being under those publishers is you get all of the assistance and the help that your comic needs versus somebody like I'm not saying anything against it. I still think the book the books are amazing. Like Sir Sadika and Tuskegee Airs. One of the things we saw that Tuskegee Airs could have benefited from, or not even just Tuskegee Airs, uh, Monarchs, which is an amazing comic. I really loved. I think mm-hmm. we both really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, did did that ever? Did we release that episode, Monarchs? We already recorded it. No, I don't think we did yet. Okay. Well, at some point you'll hear us review Monarchs too. But um, Monarchs is a really good comic that was amazing. That just had a few editing things, just yeah. dialogue, like s- small but stuff. Those, but those little things gradually take away. Yeah. So there's if you ever have a deadline for for those of you that do create, because we are creators ourselves. We have our hands on the editing side and the writing side. <coughs> Excuse me of the process and the process is very delicate Mm -hmm. you can have your idea start to finish for an issue a volume the whole story but if you don't have a second set of eyes to get it from rough draft to final product you're only going to catch so much because you already are passing it off for your own idea get someone else you know and and it's someone who loves your project a little less than you so yeah that when they someone that'll be the- honest where it's like oh i was going to give you five out of five anyway no get somebody that's objective that can really tell you what may or may not be missing absolutely so, I, I definitely agree absolutely agree but overall uh chicken devil without like there's just there's so much and then there's just not enough that can be said about chicken devil it's yeah. it really is just one of those comics that you get them in your hands it's a solid book all the way around it's a it's a very fun read very it's very entertaining um i personally rate, rate this as an espresso um i think it's not only is it interesting it's eye-catching it's it takes all of those things that we know about the genre that the book is in and it does definitely do something new and i'm so excited to share this one with y'all yeah uh no objections for me here it's definitely an espresso um in my mind and it and it wasn't that it did something unseen before but i've seen the attempt in other comics where it's like oh we're gonna pull from pop culture but other ones would hint at it and you're like I know where they get it from and they don't stray from it they said you think in breaking bad let's get that out the way in the first four pages mm-hmm. and then send you on this satisfying trip from issue one two and three and four and five i gotta pick up next time i go to coliseum absolutely but yeah i, I definitely i definitely share this additionally just before we get off of this book here i loved on the back end there's like some really cool interesting like additional content at the end of the first issue they actually share like uh it almost reads like a magazine excerpt and it talks what do you mean nothing i agree that's a great idea where'd you come up with that i came up with further from you but you didn't mention it first that's why i took it okay you're right you're right 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 you had an opportunity we were were at the end of the the review you You could have you could have popped this in at the beginning so lloyd said Well, now Ty is saying (laughs) it reads very much like a magazine. Yeah. (laughs) And it has like Mitch's Hot Chicken, our story on it. It has a cute little graphic. It even features the menu. The menu. You're just going to talk over me. I'm reclaiming my words. You can't can't gentrify. I'm right next to you. (laughs) 
You in striking distance. It's not gentrification if I'm if I'm adding to the to the conversation more than just taking your words, okay? Mm-hmm. Choose a different word. And, okay, different word. <laughs> Same words, but they're different. Leave I love me alone. you so much. <laughs> I love you to I pieces. Like. You. Uh, anywho, yeah. but like uh, additionally, yes, there is a menu. Also, it shows the hot sauces at the bottom and there's this cute little excerpt in the back about the creators themselves. I always like when comics include the actual creators and yeah. give them a little bit about their background because yeah. I think that it's important to know who makes your content. So And it's also proof of their resume. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. Now moving on to the next comic on our coffee table, we've got Silver Coin. Um, I do want to preference Silver Coin. Um, we have issue issues eight, nine, and ten. Um, ish, and I, I want to specify this because this is important. So issue, it, all three issues were illustrated by the same people. So all uh, issues eight, nine, and ten are both issued. I'm sorry, both illustrated by uh, Michael, not Michael Walsh. My apologies. By Tony Marie Griffin and Michael Walsh. There we go. But only, uh, but issue eight was it written by Michael Walsh and Matthew Rosenberg. These names are killing me today. Uh, issue nine was written by Vita Ayala and Michael Walsh, and issue ten was written solo by Michael Walsh. So it's just so that you're aware that there's a handful of different co-writers and creators to each story. Um, there is a consistent team that has different writers, kind of like how very similar to how Walking Dead had different directors and different writers but it was all the same yeah. under the same umbrella so the only yeah. thing that changes was the writers um, however as far as the review goes because each of the different issues are their own stories this is a connected anthology so they're all in the same world because they all have the same basic premise um, but the stories themselves are fundamentally different um, so with that being said I I personally only want to review issues nine and uh, I'm sorry eight and ten. I can but, review issue nine. So that way, because I really liked issue ten, um, issue eight was kind of just the one that we both read together. So we'll just hop right into it. Um, but one thing we can talk across because the art is all the same. Yep. What do you think about the art? Let me take this one off. The art is super consistent. Um, I do like that a lot of the colors are muted. It's, it's a lot of usage of black, um, so the, the shadows are, are foreboding <coughs> with a lot of similar muted colors for the pastels. Um, very similar to, um, I don't know what I would parallel the artwork to, but it's a lot of ink. It's the, the, the panels themselves are really heavy. If there's a color in there, it's for a reason. So they would use yellow specifically for like a, a burning building but they would definitely use red for blood but they didn't have anything mute i mean uh, anything pop out color palette wise so if something was drawn and it was bleeding you would know where the blood is um so they kept the details very simple and minimal so it it put more focus on what you were reading or what the scene looked like and it was easy to read it was easy to follow the flow of the different scenes. Some of them, they didn't even have to show the actual act. Like, I'll, I'll get to issue nine, but issue eight, you don't even see most of the stuff 
unless it reads unless it unless the coin is there they all revolve around this coin that's either that either drives people to insanity to oh, get it yeah. or misfortune falls it's hard to do because it's an anthology mm-hmm. but misfortune befalls people that treasure it so you get it and you go crazy or you go crazy trying to get it so you see different variations along the lines there's no besides the coin itself each story is its own i guess tragedy yeah for, for lack of a better term yeah um so starting off with issue eight of silver coin um like uh, Lloyd mentioned it all follows the basic premise coin makes people do crazy things um, Real quickly. I just want to touch on some of the art for issue 8 uh, Issue 8 takes place in like a uh, it takes place on Wall Street in the 19 1960s uh, Of New York, so it's in a skyscraper and what you'll notice in the issue if you pick it if pick up a physical copy is that every box is every page is is a three by three rectangle all the panels up into the last page and it's uh at first i didn't catch it but going back as you know as i'm doing the review i just realized that it's mimicking like windows Mm -hmm. on on a skyscraper and it's supposed to feel like the windows on the skyscraper because at the very end of the comic the guy falls out the skyscraper and it's like his vision of seeing him mm. himself inside of the skyscraper the whole time so that was interesting um just a little tidbit there but uh yeah the basically everything else i was mentioning about the art is consistent um so issue eight of of this of this series one thing i'll say about this so the story just a brief overview of this comic in particular it follows henry he is our leading guy and he's basically this hardworking all-American guy who works as a janitor inside of a building. And he specifically cleans the office and the floor of one of the people who top earns in this particular building. His the, name uh, is the twentieth floor specifically. Twentieth floor specifically. Thank you for that, uh, Mr. Pension, who is this random rich guy who does random rich guy shit. He collects shit. He buys shit. He sells shit. That's just what he does. Um, and Mr. Pynchon talks about how he has a uh, very expensive coin collection where he collects coins from all over the world. And in his coin case that he just recently acquired, there was this magical coin eye that he got from somewhere. <coughs> and because the eye is, I wouldn't say evil, but the eye has uh, a lot of influence, you just start to see Henry descending and de- and devolving as a person because he's trying to get to the coin in whatever way he can um in his pursuit to try to get to the coin he kills his family uh which you don't realize are dead until like midway through the story he kills one of his co-workers lewis we don't even know how long his family's been we dead. don't know how long they're just kind of rotting on the ground yeah it's weird uh we we find he uh mr pension mentions that uh a sale had fallen through and one of the guys that he was trying to sell to uh he would do anything you know to to get that sale back uh so henry decides oh i'm gonna go kill the guy his name is roy i'm gonna go kill him and bring his head back to mr pension so i can exchange it for the coin and things get rough and then he ends up dying henry ends up dying at the end kind of as like a tragic not tragic here but just like a tragic character in a very tragic story 
he was doomed from the start the moment that that coin came into the storyline um overall this comic story wise was it was solid but i as someone who really likes horror this just didn't do it for me for some reason i i can't i can't say that it's it's because the comic was bad because i don't think the comic was bad i don't think the comic was 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 not good it just it just wasn't it wasn't for me for for whatever reason do you think if they showed the him actually chopping off roy bergeron's head that it might have made more impact because they had a couple things we didn't see the 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 family die we didn't see the only thing we saw was lewis die was was him pushing lewis in front of the bus so do you think if it's going to hint that he's on this obsessive rampage that that would have made a better impact i think what may may have made a better impact for me is i don't know I, like, I want to say it's because of the paneling. I felt like the paneling was a bit confusing for me. But honestly, at rereading it the second time, the paneling was fine. I, I think it's just that the story may have... I would have liked to see his obsessiveness. I would have honestly preferred a more subtle obsessiveness. Kind of like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the story. What, what anime is that? Uh, to bring in a reference it's like a was it future diaries that did it or maybe it was it's what it basically it's the girl she's like the obsessive yandere chick and the reason why i bring her up is that when she starts her rampage to basically kill everybody around him and then eventually kills him mm-hmm. trying to get to her it's not it's not in your face it's not oh we know she about to do it yeah. it's real slow it's small stuff you know yep very very tiny things that she does and then magically by the end of it it she's already snowballed and it's too late and now he dead on the ground yeah this feels dynamic from the very moment he comes in contact with the coin there's never any gradual buildup. Like, I mean, if it if it is that fast, I guess that's cool. But I mean, he killed his family, and and we never saw him change. Like, how long did he kill his family before he even got the coin? Because it well, didn't even really specify. Um, I would have. I'm not saying that showing it would have done better, but I would have just liked to see some more instances where he was on the path to chopping off some guy's head, walking it through the building, and handing it off to his boss um and then for me i feel like the impact of him dying would have felt more tragic too because it didn't feel like he was a tragic character because the way that they try to beef it up is like oh you know henry this he's this he's just working hard for his family he's just this he's the best guy and i don't know how he got here we didn't see how good of a guy he was beforehand either we didn't you know henry while he may have been the main character we didn't i don't feel like we got enough of henry in this story to spec to, to to justify everything he got in return but of course it's also kind of the deal with cosmic horror no one ever really deserves anything that happens in cosmic horror but the tldr i don't know this issue didn't do it for me um not a bad issue just not for me you, I, I get that not for me issue nine is a lot more straightforward um the main protagonist isn't even named it's just the the detective um and in his pursuit of the coin the coin wasn't even his focus it wasn't i gotta chase this coin he is a crooked cop who lost a lot of money and he's in debt to a lot of 
not straightforward people. They don't get much into it, but basically he's in debt. And the way that he collects money, because the setting is in the 80s in New York City. So the entire backdrop of, of it, without getting you know too much into it, um, like New York City in the Bronx, I'm sorry, the 70s. So as a cop, he commissions you know gang members or um, to to uh, to tell him of buildings that are burnable. Um, so he has them burn down the building so whoever he knows can collect on insurance money. So he's so un he's so unimportant. He's just the detective, and the commissioner of the police department is the one that's like, get your shit together, get your stuff done. Um, you're already in debt and I'm tired of you. You have to get your money now. So he goes and he starts, you know, then he goes over to another job and while he's trying to burn a building down because a gang member tipped him off and, and they, they kind of weave in like, I guess to dip into the world, it, they, they redact the N word, but you know, it's what they say, which wasn't necessary. Like the guy was already uh, hateable. So he walks past a homeless person and he takes the silver coin from him he's like no don't leave me you know uh he goes and tries to burn down a, a, an apartment building um this little girl named cherish sees him little black girl named cherish sees him and as the fire is blazing he finally catches up with her and tries to throw her into the fire so he's holding her and the fire department sees him and is like oh thank goodness you saved her and he's like ah shit so she goes unconscious she goes in like a two-day coma he gets all these accolades for rushing into a fire and saving her life so he gets all these commendations that same commissioner that's like make your money or else um gives him a medal he's a hero he goes to a diner and someone is like hey thank goodness you saved her she's gonna be okay first they thought she's gonna be in a coma but she'll wake up tomorrow probably tonight he goes what the fuck and he's holding the coin that's like burning in his hand um, he goes over to the hospital, tries to smother her. Her mom comes in and he's like, don't worry, I know where you guys live. I was just, she's sleeping, so I'm sorry. Then he, uh, then the, the, the gang members that he gets these tips for as far as which buildings are safe to burn. Um, he flips out at them because he hasn't paid them. He has all these accolades. He's the hero. He gets to his head. He's like, I'm God over here. You guys are just a bunch of bleep bleep redacted and i run this and then they quote scripture um at him and he's like no i am god in these streets you guys are criminals you have no proof whatsoever specifically one of the gang members say and i will set my face against you and you shall be slain before your enemies dot 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 you're gonna get your comeuppance whatever and they're like we're done so he finds a building by himself the coin sets off a fire while he still holds the gas canister so shit is blazing all around him and these like wax melting wax fire ghosts come up to him from the door so he gets burned alive and now the commissioner is like we need to heal the community um for this breach of trust he's been stripped of his title posthumously so it had almost nothing to do with the coin except the coin brought the trouble to him not that he was looking for it interesting definitely a lot cooler when you read it <laughs> <laughs> I, I took my time with it uh and then at the very end they're like well at least for the detective these are his effects before we submit them do you want anything 
and they find the silver coin. So now the commissioner has the coin. That's pretty dope. Uh, and issue 10, to make a long story short, it's a very simple story. Whole bunch of kids are hanging out outside of the school. It doesn't really specify where they are. It's just, it's 2007 somewhere in America. And there's a whole bunch of teams. They vibing, you know, smoking a little whatever, uh, drinking a little whatever. One of the girls, Audrey, you know, she's talking to this raccoon. The raccoon can talk. No one else can hear the raccoon but her. Um, everybody else pimps off and they're like hey Audrey we're gonna hang out with you later on at your crib because they're gonna smoke a little bit drink a little bit since Audrey's parents had to Audrey and the raccoon you know raccoon scurries off Audrey's walking through the woods for whatever reason kids walk through the woods and she sees this interesting moss covered person with the coin in their hand and Audrey hears a voice basically saying I need you to help me in the suffering that this coin has caused Audrey's like, okay, weird grass lady, bet, let's do this. So Audrey begins a seance with trying to exercise the coin. Audrey's friends pimp over and they're like, hey, yo, smoke a little bit, drink a little bit. She's like, nah, help me with this ritual. They're like, is that blood on the ground? She's like, yeah, they're like, totes, I guess. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Golly. So they all get together and, you know, after she's pleaded with them, please, come on, guys, this crazy lady in my head told me, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So they just, so, you know, they're chanting, um, wad, fa, woo, ha, ha, and, you know, the coin starts to, starts to shake and the lady's like, yes, we're so close. And then out of nowhere, the lady's like, ah, dang, that guy who's been opposing me this whole time, he didn't eat. So, and you guys weren't strong enough, so yeah he's just gonna he's gonna take y'all out and then proceeds to try to murk everybody at this party yeah, takes possession of home of one of uh, audrey's friends uses her to, to to stab somebody else and things and then and then chokes chokes out one of the other little blonde kids it's crazy audrey ends up making that out of there okay with the gold coin and she tosses it into the ocean the raccoon sits up beside her and was like yeah girl that was crazy overall Issue Ted was wild to me, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it does sound it does sound like a good payoff. I should have read it. Issue Ted was just one of those issues. Where I was just like, ah, this is this is something else. But it was fun. It was issue ten to me. What the reason why I liked issue ten, I guess, say more than issue eight, is because even though there weren't a ton of characters, Audrey, it was it was really just about Audrey. It was just about her, and it was just about her trying to do this thing because this crazy lady in the woods told her i want you to stop the pain that is this coin is caused and have if you had read at least one of the issues before you know the pain that the that the <coughs> coin has caused so you're rooting for audrey to do you know to, to to win even if audrey isn't your most likely protagonist you are rooting for audrey and you want her to succeed so when she fails it's it's somewhat impactful you're like ah snap i thought this was I thought this was gonna be the last issue. Yeah. And not only that, Audrey gets we Audrey is one of the handful of characters that actually lives after making contact with the coin, which then gets you theorizing your little brain, you're just like, oh my goodness, what could this mean? <laughs> what else? <laughs> right. And then additionally in the back, there is this excerpt between two characters. It's like this little additional little story and it's written like an interview. Um, the interview is called Unrighteous Instruments, and it's between two characters 
essay Severian. Take your time, baby. Shut up. You ever get tired of them when you're like, you trying to do your solo and you get choked up? Take your time, baby. I hate it. don't find it, baby. It's between S.A. Severian and Sergeant Bix. And basically, they're going back talking about how people in the kids in the community are dying. In the community. Uh, Stop. Kids in the community are dying. They're on this forum and they're talking about how this coin grants you wishes, but also makes your life a living hell. And at first they're like, ah, it was like a joke, like, haha, it's aliens. He's like, at first I didn't believe it, but I mean, who knows what it could be. But I know it's a problem and we need to stop it, which could give a hint as to what happens in episode, I'm sorry, issue 11. So yeah, um, overall, from what I got from Silvercoin, the series as a whole, more the series from the, these three issues is a medium roast. There's not a lot for me to like go back and hunt for all of the issues. I definitely would not collect every issue of Silver Coin. Each individually, issue eight, uh, from me reading it, I'd probably rate it uh, a medium roast. Issue 10, I'd rate it a blonde roast. It was really good and I really liked it. Um, and it did get me very interested in the next issue. Um, there are some points probably I'd want it to fix. Maybe I definitely, I would have liked the issue to be a little bit longer. So I would have had a little bit more exposition going on just in general, but overall it's a solid comic. And, and what about you? Cause you read the middle issue nine. I did read eight and nine and I would say I like what they did. Um, that, that genre of a horror anthology kind of revolving i do still want to go back and read issue 10 now that you describe it it seems pretty pretty dope they are going up through the eras um i hesitate to give it a blonde roast because on paper we do say if you're gonna if you like it enough to finish the series technically that's blonde and but if you just want to finish the issue that's medium at least if i'm being objective about it and do i want to see issue 10 and if there is another issue i do it's just it would be a really low blonde yeah for me and it's and it's nothing against the artwork or the or the writing even i mean the the panels it just doesn't it doesn't grab me as much mm-hmm. you it's, know it's I not finished. a bad comic at all yeah like i already have issue 10 and after i read that like, oh interesting cliffhanger but i don't see myself searching to see if there's an issue 11 or if there even is one it's kind of a if i'm here i'm here if not cool so i would i would truthfully have to settle on medium rows and it's not even bad they're great individual reads Mm -hmm. it's just as a whole yeah also uh it this is an image published so if you are interested you can pick it up through image um or some kind of secondhand seller it's a little it's a slightly older comic um, overall, I think, can I suggest this? Uh, yeah, actually I can. I feel like if you're someone who's really into uh, anthology horrors, if you're someone who's really into uh, to, to slasher type things, some occult work, every comic is just a smidge bit different. So like, I, I if you look at issue nine, I didn't read it, but if you look at issue nine, there's like some body horror. 
issue eight is more like a slasher issue 10 is more like a like an occult film maybe like some blair witch type fives too. yeah 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 so if you're interested in different types of horror and i think this is a really good anthology to get into it definitely will provide you a lot of different horror elements um but if you're someone where heavy exposition story type stuff may bore you or if you're someone that really needs to be captivated like you need to see high octane fighting and you don't like long setup then these probably won't be for you niche it's a blonde all around generally medium you said niche if it's in the niche yeah i think if, if you're into horror, if you're into the if you're into that anthology niche i mean we do have additional recommendations from like you know our previous reviews ice cream man solid oh yeah but, ice cream man is definitely a solid one this one is like if you're if you're into that niche you'll rate it blonde roast but for me i have ice cream man that's like i i want the next i got volume four and five i wasn't even done with three so putting it in that same genre and i've seen it executed enough this one here you can tell this a little bit older yeah and and if you do like specifically not only that genre but also some of the older comics so you get more words more dialogue they tend they tend to drag a little bit more out or leave stuff to imagination but i'm not that type so medium yeah well all in all that's pretty much all that's left to say about these two comics again just for uh, the people who had uh, who had forgotten that we had reviewed, uh, I almost said Chicken Little. <laughs> devil. Chicken Devil. <laughs> Chicken Devil. Um, that was a comic published by Aftershock Comics, co-written by Brian Bucciolato and art by Hayden Sherman. Do not comment. Thank you. You fine. I'm. I'm. And Silver Coin which had several different artists uh, and writers. I will not go over all of them um, again, but just know that we rated uh, Chicken... Not Chicken Little. Oh my God, now it's in my head. Chicken um, Devil. Chicken. We rated Chicken Devil a overall espresso, and we rated Silver Coin. There was a handful of different ratings, but for me, it was... Issue, issue 8 was a medium... Issue 9, I didn't read myself, but Issue 10 was a blonde, rating the overall series as a medium roast. Sounds about right. For Chicken Devil Espresso, definitely agree. I know I threw a couple different rating systems, but Silver Coin for me was a medium roast. Uh, plain and simple. No complaints, just not for me. So, medium roast. And as far as the uh, end of the episode, you already know who it is. It's Todd Black and Culture. If you're looking for me on social media, it's going to be Black and Culture Official on IG and just Black and Culture everywhere else. Um, also, tune into the last episode to catch. Uh, what was the comic we did last time? Whew, these brain cells are not braining today. Yeah. Um, Deadly Class. Deadly Class, yes. Please tune into the last episode to watch Deadly Class. <clears throat> and where can they find you, sir? They can always find me as SpaceLoyd8. You type that into Twitch, you will find me there. TikTok, same thing. You might see some more bite-sized versions of these same reviews. YouTube, I'm on Space Case Gaming. Um, and then same thing for Facebook as well. So, those are the four. Also, don't forget to go into the polls, 
comment on polls, go on uh, questions, answer our questions, go on YouTube, support us on YouTube, because Black Coffee Comics is there as well on my YouTube page, Black and Culture. And without further ado, we love you guys. We will see you in the next podcast. Bye.